Okay, you paying attention? Because we're rolling, all right? We got to get this show going. Are you, are I'm rolling. There? I was ready. I was ready at the, at the zero. Come on. I was I was focused. All right. Just, all right. Let's, let's get it going. The sports betting initiatives in California. There were two of them. They both failed. What's that mean for KGO and for their new sports betting format? Q3 results, Keith, continue to trickle in, both for good and bad. We'll touch base on a couple of companies publicly traded and see how that looks. Good morning. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant. Not Media Consultant, Media Insultant. We offer our opinions, ideas, comments, and uh, you know, general chitter-chatter about what's going on in the media space, primarily for the benefit of radio and TV sales and management execs. And we just really appreciate you joining us here today. I'm Jackson Weaver. I'm in the Pacific Northwest outside of Seattle. My co-host in Los Angeles is Keith Samuels. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Jackson. Always great to be with you, buddy. We do this each Tuesday and Friday. So today, we'd like to welcome you to the Friday, November 18th episode of Media Insultant. Some of the dust is settled from the midterms, kind of a surprising midterm, too, from what all the politicos say. Mm -hmm. And the TV station execs are patting themselves on the back for being such brilliant operators in spite of the storm clouds coming on the horizon. We'll talk more about that in a subsequent episode of Media Insultant. But for radio, there was some incremental political revenue. And in California, a couple of major initiatives regarding sports betting that just flopped badly. So Keith and I were talking about this, and we were talking about, well, what's the impact on this failure of the initiatives on this new breed of radio stations using a sports betting format like the famous KGO in San Francisco? Now, Keith is our resident sports guy, and so... I'm going to turn it over to him. Keith, first of all, what were the initiatives that didn't that didn't make it through? What was the essence oh, behind those? Oh my gosh! And it was you know you couldn't you couldn't watch a, 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 an NFL game, a college game, or you know NBA. Every sport event that was on television over the last month had spots for both of these initiatives and opposing both of these initiatives. It was crazy making. So I'm grateful for that that that's finally over. But there were two propositions on the ballot in California. One was that both would have allowed sports betting in the state in some form, but they were slightly different and created kind of a a tug of war between a couple different sets of Indian tribes, these tribal casinos versus the tribes that don't have casinos. And it was really pretty passionate. Uh, So Proposition 26 would have allowed Native American tribes to offer sports betting on tribal lands. And on tribal lands is where those big casinos sit. You know, here in Southern California, we've got Pechanga, we've got uh, Morongo, you know, on your way to Palm Springs, you've got, you know, Spotlight 20, you've got all the Agua Caliente Casino down in Palm Springs that you and Sue probably go, you know, play the slots at all the time. Well, this would have allowed those casinos to host sports betting. They'd have a sports book like you have in Vegas. And it also would have allowed that same sports betting to take place at horse racing tracks in California, of which there's only like three or four left. Santa Anita, Hollywood Park, or Hollywood Park's gone, but they have a casino, Del Mar, and they could have done that. Uh, so that was on-site sports betting at tribal casinos. 
the other one was Proposition 27, which was legalizing sports betting online as long as the platforms, FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, uh, Draft how can I forget right. those guys? They're on all the time. So DraftKings and FanDuel were really behind this one, which would have meant that they would have allowed online sports betting in California, and they were going to cut in because there was going to be a 10% tax on the profits, or on the revenues, actually, on the gross revenues of, of the sports betting online, would have come back to um, uh, some of the tribes and also to the state of California to fight homelessness. Okay. Neither of them won. I mean, they, they lost, I mean, 26 lost 70% to 30%, and Proposition 27 lost 83% to 17%. These, it was just a wipeout. And so your next question is probably going to be, why? <laughs> so well, no, I'm not, I wasn't even going to ask that. I, I don't think there's any way to answer that kind of a question. I guess my next question is going to be, but, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about KGO dumping their famous news talk format that had done so well for decades for a sports a sports betting format. I, what did they call it? The Oh, yeah, the bet on the bay. The bet, the bet, yes. I'll bet, get best it, bet I'll on get the bay. For, I don't know, something yeah. like that. But. So what impact is this failure of these initiatives going to have on a sports betting radio station that is broadcasting sports betting information that no one can use? Although they can use it for fantasy, I think. Fantasy football and those kind of th- those fantasy games, they can do betting, right? Yes, you can. You in, uh, I, th- I don't think it's outlawed in California, the fantasy betting part of FanDuel and DraftKings. But yes, I mean, so, so now you have this station that's now a full KGO went from being this legendary local news talk, locally programmed in San Francisco, owned by Cumulus. And, uh, and they just, well, they shut it off, and they turned on the SIN network, which is a, a sports wagering network. Right. Uh, that, and they have different shows and features, but they're taking it full-time on KGO. Uh, you just had a station pick it up in uh, Seattle, I think. And, or, Kixie. And, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And they're going to run some features on it as well. So it's a really decent sports network if you're into wagering all the time because that's all they talk about. It's point spreads. It's over and under. It's exotic wagering. It's all the weird bets. Well, that gets old really fast if you can't go bet, right? Right, right. You know, so, uh, for, you know, but I, it's been in the trades again uh, uh, since uh, since this happened that – they're going to stick to it. Cumulus is going to stick to it with KGO. They're going to. They're committed. You know. Well, so all the guys that are going to go up to Reno this weekend and bet on football, they'll get their information from KGO, and or they go to Vegas to bet on the Super Bowl. They'll have all that going for them. But when you look at the Cumulus cluster in San Francisco, Jackson, it is very sports centric. Okay, they've got uh, KNBR. Uh, AM and FM. So KNBR is at 680 AM, legendary uh, station of the San Francisco Giants, does great baseball numbers. 104.5 FM, they've got that going. That used to be KFOG. So all of you guys that are uh, into eclectic rock formats, KFOG was like the best. And, and, and I know guys you know, that, that just streamed KFOG 24-7. Yeah, well, but most of those guys are still in the fog, so... <laughs> well, yeah, that's they true. Don't, they don't think anything's changed. It's, no, they're, they're, a, they're aging boomers in a cover band in Tampa, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to mention any names. They've got uh, another AM talk station, KSFO, but they've also got KTCT, which is uh, which is simulcasting KNBR on 1050 AM, and then they've got a classic uh, rock station at uh, The Bone, uh, KSAN. 
So this is a male-driven cluster with KNBR and the power of KNBR, one of the top stations in San Francisco. It's a big sports cluster. And I'm thinking, they're, they've got to be thinking, you know what? We got KGO, costing us a lot of money. It's out of format. Let's just run sports betting to back up our other sports stations and, you know, kind of fill out the portfolio. Same demo. It's all men. You know, it's an easy sell nationally if they get a few numbers. Uh, they can probably spin off and run some extra play-by-play on it if, if they have conflicts on KNBR. It makes sense, sort of. But it makes a lot less sense today, now that there's no sports betting allowed in our state, for at least another year or two until they put one of these propositions back on the ballot. Well, and I think, you know, as, as critical as we often are of cumulus, it's difficult for me to imagine that they did this without taking into, into account a possible scenario where these initiatives didn't pass. So I think you're right. I think they're just going to say, well, you know, we cut the expenses. It's male. It complements. We can cross-promote. So we'll keep an eye on it, but it'll be, it, it, you know, I got, I got to hand it to him. That's, that's a tough bite because if the initiative, one of them had passed, yeah, they'd be in a much better better yeah. position. They'd All right, be, we got to they'd be good. One. We, they'd be doing we got to hustle on. We've got third quarter reports that uh, have come in lately, and uh, the first, let's talk about Odyssey. We've been watching Odyssey so closely because they're about to be delisted, or we think they are. They probably do a stock split and stall that for another ninety days. But you know, their stock is at uh, I don't know twenty five or thirty cents right now, yeah. and this was a tough report. David Field was pretty candid about it. He had uh, he used the phrase that I don't know where these phrases come from. One company uses them and then everybody uses them you know oh we had we had advertising headwinds oh yeah that's what he said and what was unmentioned is i think odyssey and cumulus both have been hurt badly by iheart's competitive positioning with their multiple platforms with you know some very extreme rate discounting the packaging that iheart's doing i think they're i think that's part of the headwinds that fields is talking about their revenue was down five percent uh, you know, the adjusted EBITDA was down from 50 to $36 million. I mean, this yeah. is a company with $1.5 billion in in debt, and they've got EBITDA of $36 million. I mean, I don't even want to do the do the multiple. It's just, it's just horribly uncomfortable. Yeah, And no, they sold off a big hunk of land uh, that'll show up. That, well, that won't show up till next quarter. But, you know, it's it's tough for Odyssey. I mean, what you think there's anything coming down the road? You think they'll unload stations? What's your thought on their, their next move, if there is one? Well, it kind of reminds me of that old saying that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and Lord, I hope it ain't no train. And in this case, <laughs> I think it's a train. But, you know, I, a couple of things here that, that really make it hard for Odyssey, and that is that they are competing with, with iHeart in, in most of the major markets, and iHeart is drilling them. And you see this happen when you see the revenue figures for radio down seven percent. Radio spot revenue, I think their network was up one percent, um, but it didn't. You know, the net of that is down six. It tells me a couple things. One is they're getting beat on the street, and in order to get business, they're, they're they got to they got to cut their rates. And so to cut the rates means that you could sell the same number of spots or more that you sold last year, but because you had to cut your rates by 10, 20, 50, you know, 25% just to get the buy, you're, you're, you're digging a hole you can't dig out of. You're just, you, just can't, you just can't make it up. So they've got, a, they've got a long way to go to turn this one around, and 
David thinks, David Field thinks that they're in a much better position today than they were a year ago or two or three years ago even. You know, they've got uh, a better infrastructure to sell to national business development, and they've got a better uh, team to do that. Well, guess what? You know, iHeart's been doing it for a couple of decades. I mean, you're they're so far behind on that. It's not funny. So it's yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see if he can dig out. Well, I'm not, there's a lot of talk about them again or filing bankruptcy or not again, but for the first time filing a, a bankruptcy and doing a reorg. But uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. I, I think that uh, the debt holders are looking at this and they're resigned to the fact that at some point they're going to have to convert their debt to equity, and they know that's coming. Yeah. But in the meantime, they get big interest payments, fees, all kinds of, of costs or income for the for the debt holders. For the next couple of years, they'll or for as long as the company continues to generate cash, you know, they'll just take the money and at some point <laughs> it'll get it'll get too onerous and they'll have to convert it. So <laughs> but, Well they've got they've got lots of insultants. I mean consultants helping them with this, I'm sure. So I mean, you know Let's take a look at another $1 stock. Beasley is trading down around a dollar. They're about to fall on the D-list list. Yeah. But they had a pretty good third quarter all the way around. Uh, they, you know, they said their revenue was uh, was up to 64 million for the quarter. But it's still tracking behind 2019. Almost everybody's still behind the 2019 magic numbers. And uh, in, interestingly in Beasley's case, their digital revenue now exceeds national. But, you know, what nobody ever talks about is the margins. I mean, it's wonderful that they have digital right. replacing national and it, or replacing some of the local business they've lost or the national business. But it's it's just not as profitable, you know. <laughs> and uh, Beasley, uh, Carolyn Beasley, CEO, complained about the slowing national business. I, I still come back to one thing. I think Keith uh, Beasley is too small a company to be listed. I, I don't know why they took the company public. Maybe George had vast visions of of incorporating, you know, other groups and building out a, a, a company the size of Odyssey or Cumulus. Well, but, but you know, that's, that's allowed them to, to, you know, to pick up greater media. In the grand scheme of things, and, uh, and you'll probably see Carolyn, uh, you probably saw Carolyn at, at Forecast, but the, you know, the, the thing is, is that their revenue is $63 million for the quarter, okay? That's probably the revenue for L.A. alone for Clear Channel, or for I mean, Clear iHeart. Channel. All okay. right, yeah. So there's a cluster that's going to do 250 to 260 million in a year. The entire Beasley group doesn't do what iHeart LA does. So, you know, it's it's kind of like, okay, whatever. So no wonder they're getting killed on national. They don't have a big enough footprint. They can't compete for all the big consolidated budget commitments that iHeart gets from, you know, Horizon and Ad Results or whatever other big agencies that are buying time they're getting. And so it's it is tough to compete. And you're right. You're talking about trading on-air traditional radio advertising dollars for digital dimes because there's so much. You know, there's there's expenses to digital. The the CPMs and and you know are are much lower. Uh, they just can't get the rate. Again, it's another example of kabuki theater by these group heads to talk about. Well, digital's up. It's made up for national. It's like you know you're, you're getting your ass kicked, okay? And you and you haven't you haven't you're barely overcoming 2021, and you'll never reach 2019, let alone 2018, which was bigger than 2019. So really sad watching this kind of vicious death spiral uh, for these groups because they're just they're just treading water and not death. getting anywhere. Yeah, death by a thousand cuts. I, yeah, yeah, you know, you you mentioned Greater Media, Peter Smith's group, uh, Peter Smith's group, right. uh, Greater Media that they bought. 
a couple of years ago. Boy, Peter got out at exactly the right time. <laughs> now, he was a great operator, and there's some people who say, well, he would have done a better job than Carolyn Beasley. I- I'm not going there. I just think Peter, his timing was impeccable. No, I, I think you're right, and I think that's why Peter's so smart. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's like, no, I, you know what? I, I, can't, I can't compete. I see where the business is going. Bye-bye. I'm going to sell out now to somebody that, that will try to try to make it work, and and he's he's doing his consulting and probably uh, enjoying oh, life. Have, uh, nobody, I don't think anybody's seen him since then. I think he's just <laughs> enjoying his place at Iana Sport. All right, okay. Town Square is Ooh. another company that's heavy on digital, and they and now more than half of their revenue is coming from digital, which has been the pattern the past couple of years. But they, they kind of got kicked in the teeth a little with some of the street's expectations. They, their net income was less than uh, the street had expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, their EBITDA was down. But at the end of the day, Bill Wilson says, who's the CEO, says that the total year they'll have a 24% EBITDA margin on $460 million in revenue. That's not bad. You can't argue about it. They are beating 2019, and yeah, they probably yeah. are beating 2018. And well, uh, you know, well, but they yeah. don't mention anything about Cherry Creek in this in this quarterly report. They didn't say anything about adding the stations. Yeah, wasn't that funny? Because in in June, now when did the first, when did third quarter start? Third quarter started July first. On June twenty first, they closed. People thought closed early than predicted on buying thirty three stations from Cherry Creek in nine markets. Now they had to spin off some of those stations, but the fact of the matter is. They've got nine mine markets where they they they, they acquired a lot yeah. of revenue. They acquired a lot of revenue, and uh, and some stations. So, uh, nope. But there was no mention. So yeah. is this is this Cherry Creek included? It would have to be. It yeah. would have to be. So you know, there, he, he would have uh, he would have spoken about a pro forma a pro forma without. Cherry Creek stations, if he wanted to, I guess he had the choice to. I guess nobody asked him the question. Exactly. But, you know, at the end of the day, they do a good job. They grind it out, and their digital is now over 50% of their revenue. And he admitted to something he said, and you and I have talked about this. He said, but radio is our cash cow. Radio <laughs> is what's driving the cash oh, yeah. in the business. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. But, you know, right. but, but that subscription business they have for their marketing services division is – is uh, is also pretty sweet, and that's that's a that's a, a big envy of a lot of groups their size for sure. It, you know it is, but it is very labor intensive, and it's very detail oriented. And I know they've got you know people in somewhere in North Carolina taking care of it, but that's building a company nickels at a time. Oh, you know, and know. that's it's tough. It's that's tough. really tough. And they're gonna, they just they're opening up a Phoenix di- a division of that yep. company, you know, that company too. So yep. handle the subscriptions. Well, Keith, right. uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. We're going to take a break for the whole week. So oh, yeah, you, we can both get our <laughs> golf games in. Um, so we'll return on November the 29th. and uh, at that time, I'll, uh, we'll be talking about what I just got back from, which was a forecast Radio Inc's forecast okay. in New York. We'll talk about some things that came up there. I hope I can talk about them and. Uh, <laughs> And then Ed Steenman's going to join us in subsequent episodes uh, between now and the end of the year to talk about two things. Talk about OTT and its impact on local television advertising and changes in the car business, which has been the most volatile and yeah. uh, and that's the best way to put it, just the most volatile ad category for all of our broadcasters. And the car business right now is going through another big flip. So Ed will be here to talk about that. So we do this each Tuesday and Friday. Uh, We call it Media Insultant because we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, We're on all the podcasting platforms, and the video is on Vimeo. 
under the Media Insultant Showcase. Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management company. And love your comments anytime, Jackson, at InTown Media. And we'll be back on Tuesday, November 29th. Mark it on your calendar. And Keith, I'll see you then. Have a happy Thanksgiving, buddy. You too. No trip to fan hangovers. And we'll be back with some Christmas snark in a couple weeks. Talk to you soon, buddy. Looking forward to it.